following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. And we, uh, two weeks ago we began uh, discussing the different uh, halachic issues or philosophical issues um, with uh, purely doing surgery purely for aesthetic purposes. That was the question. So we mentioned four um, different questions. One is, are people who undergo cosmetic surgery interfering with divine providence, God's work? Okay, so to speak, God is the artist, and you're saying, I don't like your work, I'm going to make it better. That was question number one. Um, question number two was, um, as far as there's a prohibition of chavala, um, hence the word, the modern Hebrew word of mechabel, um, which means a terrorist, by the way. Chavala means wounding. Michabel is the <coughs> current modern term used for terrorists in modern Hebrew. Um, not to be confused with chavalot, which means strings, because we once I once went on a hike when I didn't know Hebrew many years ago in the Judean desert, and and it said it was in a, near the Dead Sea. There was you had a catapult down, you know, the sides of cliffs, and it said in chavalim There's no ropes. You have to bring your own ropes. We thought it meant there's no terrorists. Yeah, oh, great. So we we started going, and then we, we got stuck in the um, middle of the cavern without ropes. So be very careful. Not to confuse chavala, which means ropes, and mechablim, which means chavala, in this case, means wounding. Okay? I won't confuse them. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, that, so that's, there is, and we're going to discuss that um, soon, that there is a prohibition of wounding oneself and the question is so as we know for obviously for to save a life uh, to do surgery where you're also wounding every surgery is obviously wounding um, many medical procedures even non-surgical are wounding but you if you're doing it for the purpose of healing of course the Torah does give permission for that question is if you're doing it purely for aesthetic purposes um, or to just to look better, cosmetic reasons, is that a reason? Or for a breast. Someone else can make it. A breast. A breast is... Uh, a wound. Tara tells you to do that, so you're stuck. I'm saying just that's like the other exception. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, it's got to be dangerous. It's got to be dangerous. Otherwise, uh, I mean, a little something. Breast could be dangerous. No, it's a, not, not necessarily. Wounding. Any type of wounding. Any type of wounding. Okay. Taking off a little yeah, skin mole over yonder, local anesthetics, nothing. Um, thanks to you. How are you? Welcome. You're just on time. We didn't start yet. No, no, it's perfect. No, um, okay, so. Into the meat yet. Does that mean you personally wounding yourself or even hiring somebody to wound you like a cosmetic surgeon? Well, yeah. either way, meaning that we're discussing cosmetic surgery this morning. Number four, so that's number the problem number three. No, I think it's going to be problem number three. I think it's going oh, to no, be. We'll talk about it. No, it doesn't have to be. If I, if, can I? Can you tell me? Punch me in the face. Punch me in the gut. Not I'm not going to do that. My punch is not going to be dangerous. But let's say you do. Can is that permitted? But that's a difference. It's not dangerous. What I'm saying is, it's not an issue of danger per se. It's not an. It's an mutilation. Any type of mutilation. So I was going to say, like uh, we're piercing your ears. Yes, piercing your ears. That's a different question. It's also a question. Okay. Good question. Okay. Well, they, that's a good one. It's a good I question because I, I believe it's permitted. Okay. <laughs> number four. Yeah. Number four. We're gonna, we'll get to all. Of <laughs> number four. Pro the prohibition of cross-dressing. As we know, there's a biblical prohibition to cross-dress. Um, so, so the uh, pasuk tupsuk and twice the verse says, "Deuteronomy lo yubash gever simlas isha lo yubash isha give simlas gever." Whatever it goes both ways. Men can't wear women's garments. Um, uh, females can't wear oh, male no. garments. Um, now, the, and as we said, we mentioned many times that the Torah, the Talmud broadens that not only to mean specifically garments, but any act that's, so to speak, purely a, well, what's classified, as we said, a gender-specific act. So, for example, as we mentioned, in the old days, shaving uh, um, your pubic hair would specifically, used to be purely a female thing. Unfortunately, it changed. Um, <laughs> society has changed. Things like that, which are... That's your example. That's the Gemara's example. That's wow. one example of the Gemara. That's kind of weak. Another, so they, we, it's not, it's it be an example can't be weak. That's unique, an example. What's a unique gender behavior? In those days, that was a unique gender behavior. As a matter of fact, I read it's coming back. That's too um, Shaving body hair. No, I'm saying 
2000, I don't know where you grew up. Where I grew up, there was no males who shaved their bodies. No, I understand. Um, I don't know where you grew up, maybe in Philly. Uh, no, I understand. Uh, so what other other? So examples? I'm saying that's one example. Talmud, another example of Talmud says is pulling Makeup. is pulling a white hair from amongst your black hair. Used to be, I guess, no. There's also specifically gender specific act. Males. You mean for men only? Was not no. allowed? No. Right. For men only was not allowed. For women it was, because that act was viewed as a gender specific act. It's another well, example. Well, not anymore, is it? It's uh, a good question. So in other Depends words, which society you live in. Depends which is dying your hair. Men never dyed the hair until uh, five so years ago when the company wants to get So far, all those examples are not affected. We're going to discuss that. We don't know. That's the question. So there, um, there got to be some so, last. So cosmetic surgery, actually, initially, um, the numbers when they originally started was similar in the sense of it was mostly done by females. For yeah. uh, again, for that would be a, would that that's the question would that be a violation for a male female is no issue the question is for a male would it be considered a violation because it's a gender specific act yeah so it's the gender specific specificity yeah. so that women can do all of this stuff no if yeah, there's women. something that's male specific then a woman can't do it but it, it, so that it, it, it is the surgery itself. I mean, the prohibition goes is, is a two-way prohibition. Two-way prohibition, okay. It's, it's obviously dependent on the society you're living, like you said. Um, you know, for example, trousers. In Saudi Arabia, uh, for a female to wear trousers would probably be a violation because in that society, wearing trousers is only, only males. It's a male garment. In the United States, it's a unisex garment today. Fifty years ago, it wasn't. You know, the female wearing trousers 50 years ago in the United States would be a violation of this law. Today, it no longer isn't because society knows you have to, it's subjective to the society you're living in. Okay. So, again, so in Egypt or Saudi Arabia, if you wear pants, you're violating this law. So, as female, as male as wouldn't be. For a, for a male to wear a dress in the United States would be a problem. If he's wearing a kilt in Ireland, it's not a problem. You understand? As, as the as the fashion evolves, there are sinners, and then they and then they as it's evolved. After it's evolved, they're no longer sinners. Exactly. So it's, a, it's actually they discussed that. Meaning, could if it starts with <laughs> the sinners, because obviously in order to break that barrier, they have to break people. The barrier, yeah. so, so that's an interesting so question. How, yeah. So how much does it take? How many sinners? What's the volume? <laughs> so that has impact. No, the, the first the woman who's wearing pants is a sinner. Change. Sinner. Yeah, because she's violating this negative right. prohibition. Right. So, you know, he doesn't like that. Right. He doesn't but like the word sin. What, sin what does it take him. to make sh yeah. social, religious, halal change? Oh, so, so uh, I, I would think it's... 200,000. I don't know if it's a specific number. I don't know specific numbers. It's a good question. What, yeah, I'm I mean, saying I think it's just society. If it's no longer, you know, if they're selling female pants in the store. But, and that, but it and comes to the... What's the process? It's a good question. I don't know. I can't tell Subjective. you the exact numbers. Until it's sold yeah. in the Galleria. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I can't tell you the exact numbers. Facebook and social right. media? Yeah. Well, well, in the regular outlets. Probably till it's at the regular outlets. Well, well how about change uh, it, that norm based on Gentile norms? Yes, or, in, in other words, it, yes, it, it, it would it be it a sin if if yeah, a if Gentiles Jewish, not a sin. This if prohibition a is only for Jews. Wore pants before it was an accepted yes. thing. Would it, uh, if if the Gentiles are wearing pants, does that become right. yes? A societal so it is. We do go by society at large in this okay. case. I want to just point out, uh, correct one thing you uh, said. It's not halacha is not changing as we say many times. Halacha right. never changes. It's the this halacha happens to be Torah prohibits wearing a female garment for a male or a male garment for a female. So that is subjective to the definition of male and female garment by society. So the halacha is not changing. Very important to understand that. Again, halacha is not changing. This halacha is subjective to the definition of society, but the halacha is the same. Male garments are prohibited for females. Female garments are prohibited for males. Or female acts, quote-unquote. So yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we don't have to change so the fashion. Non-Jews can change it. We don't use that word. I'm sorry. If in a more uh, restricted environment, yeah. or yeah. observance, religious, yes, religious ob observance, yeah. those rules remain the halacha. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the same. I mean, it's Society has shifted already, and they do deviate. They 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 so go along. They blend in with societal fashions. Yeah. So it, it takes lag behind. No, we're not yeah. saying you should be fashionable. The, the goal is not fashion. The goal is what is the definition of a male act or male garment? What's the definition of female act? Female. I so really that is I that changes now. Does it take longer to change in Orthodox society? Like I really believe when it's, a, when it's available so in the major For example, about pulling out your black hairs, there's so a question today. Fair enough. Huh? Some people permit it, some people don't. Yes. Yeah. Shaving body hairs is only 20 years old. Shaving uh, for males. Dying hair? I mean, right. for men. Right. So well, that's, <laughs> that's already more prevalent. So, mm -hmm. yes. We have uh, another thing that started <laughs> 20 years ago or something. Uh, with surgical uh, procedure. Us women, because I was not the only one, there was about three or four, we started wearing talit uh, and kippa, but we didn't wear men kippa. Or a different color. Notice this is lacy. Interesting, yes. And if anybody had noticed when I wear a talit, it is not a male talit. I don't have the male saying on it. Because Some people I would have a female saying if I wanted to. But I also decorated it more feminine. Yeah, feminine. That's so, and yeah. I was not the only one. And if you even the ones where you buy in either our store or many stores, you can buy female tali. Right. So it's a very good point. not male. So that so there is a discussion about that in halacha about a, a female wearing tzitzit or tefillin, and one of the part of the discussion is this prohibition. Because technically, since traditionally it was worn by males, so is that considered a male garment, and therefore it's a problem. But like you're saying, so if you now make it into a female specific, female specific, so that would solve this problem. That's a very good point. It's supposed yeah. to cover your hair or anyhow altogether. Well, no. So there's a distinction. Yeah. Well, there's I'm, I'm making a fight here. <laughs> something between. I don't care if you don't. Shh. Okay, okay, okay. Let's go. We gotta, uh, we gotta get to this good stuff. Do the rabbis in the Talmud give, give a rationale for this? Is the distinction, for example, is the point of this halacha to maintain the distinction between men and women and or to prevent unisex garments? There's unisex was already blurring the distinction between men and women. Is so it it's, it's a very non-PC topic these days. I don't want to go there. Um, but I'm saying it's, it's a... No, I'm saying it's, it's a... I mean, clearly the Torah views, and again, I don't want to, we're on tape here, so I have to be careful what I say, but the Torah clearly views males dressing as females no, as a perversion. The Torah calls it a perversion. Mm -hmm. It's a problem, meaning that the, the concern, and, so, and there is an argument amongst early authorities, what the concern is. Mm -hmm. Is it just a perversion, or is it because there is a concern of... The guy is going to go into the into the girl's bathroom in the girl's locker room dressed as a female. Right. Some Rishonim understand that. So if there's a concern, it will lead to to sexual further perversions. Right, I've, I've sexual problems. I remember um, growing so up and a, even recently. So it's interesting. There is a discussion about that. The men's garments, the buttons on the right and the buttonholes on the left. It's still the opposite way around. Yeah, the act is going to be us. Your button on the left the and your button on the right. Make, we're not going to apply the rationale. How's your Yes, male and female buttons do button differently. Yes, yes, it's the opposite. So that's one of the ways of distinction. That's a standard button-down shirt. Do you understand why, though? I have no idea why, but very important because women were subjugated by men and women were dressing men and so therefore it's much easier to button a button if you're dressing a man with the buttons on the men's shirt that way because the women can more easily button their own dress but men were incapable of dressing themselves so they had to have their I'm totally serious. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Follow the history. Men were incapable of dressing themselves. It's a total misogynistic thing. Here, they it hasn't changed. changed. I was going to say, <laughs> and... It has not changed. <laughs> my when point exactly. <laughs> it's the history. And I'm sick my wife helps me, otherwise... <laughs> then women sucks. Yeah, okay, so, the so these are the four mind. questions which we discussed two weeks ago. Four so now questions. We, four questions, look at that. So, so just um, quickly, I'm just going to get w one thing out of the way. Question number one, which you mentioned then, which is that the the, this is more of a philosophical, theological question, is when I am having a cosmetic surgery, am I, so to speak, saying, God 
the artist, the sculptor, did not do a good enough job. He did a terrible job, and therefore I like he did my terrible job on my nose, and therefore now I'm going to fix my nose. So is that, in essence, a, a theological problem? So clearly, as we mentioned then, I think we mentioned two weeks ago, we've talked about many times, that is something that would seem to be not a question at all, and it is mentioned. Um, because as as Rob as Ron mentioned, Brit Milah, we the whole point, the whole purpose of this world, as it says in Genesis at creation, is for us to God created a world where we're shutafim, so to speak, we're partners with God, and we are here to fix the world. So everything we do, right? As as Rabbi Kiva, we said the story of Rabbi Kiva and the, and the Robin General Tarfununis. I forgot exactly how to pronounce his name. Um, where he said, like, why do you, you know? Why do you make bread? You should eat wheat. You know, if you say that whatever God made is best, so why is cake better than wheat? Eat raw wheat. So obviously, God created the world where we're supposed to finish His job, so to speak. So, so that would be the simple explanation. But we're always going to have one dissenting opinion. So I put it here on the bottom of this page. This is a response and written by Sitz Eliezer of Eliezer Waldenberg who's a rabbi in Yushalayim, uh, um, has many volumes of medical ethics, and he seems to think because of this problem, he does not allow cosmetic surgery. So if you look in this, this is just uh, one paragraph out of a lengthy response, and I'll read it to you. He says, Ulam imbinidon el shalshare tzedek, that's the name of a sefer, not the hospital, the name of a book, pashut lahatir, kifi min hagesh yisrael, aval yesh ledati, he says, according to my humble opinion, hashlachot lechidush ezeb benegel, and he took him plastium, as far as plastic surgery, that currently the doctors are doing, which is a new thing, and this is in the late 60s, to beautify their, their limbs, where they have no illness or no pain. This is not, when the Torah gave permission for the doctor to heal, they weren't talking about uh, doing rhinoplasty or ge- having uh, larger body parts or smaller body parts. That wasn't the purpose when the Torah gave permission. Um, even if you want to call it healing, he says, This is he's addressing your issue. You can't give permission to a doctor to mutilate um, oneself. For this purpose. That's number one. He says, The gam, he says, also, the, the, the physician has no uh, permission to allow this. And he has to know and believe the patient. There's no sculptor as God. There's no better sculptor than God. And he sculpted every human being in his image. Um, Ha, ha, can you remember the next one? How limit? Limit. No. How limit? How limit? Low, which is, I guess, good for him. How would you translate that? The image that suits him. <coughs> him, right? It's good for him. And he should not add or distract from that uh, in, image that Hashem created. When we finish the last paragraph. Okay, therefore it seems to me the halacha would be that it's prohibited for a person to have cosmetic surgery and also for the physician to allow this the shame yofi for the purpose of aesthetics um, only I'm not going to now this by the way this is a minority opinion no one else agrees with him and no one listens to him Yes. So I guess my, my question was, it says, uh, so the question here is, in general, there's always a major emphasis on the psychological well-being of the patient. And here, it seems like he completely ignores that potential. Yes. But even prior to his chuva, people had always talked about the psychological I'm not sure. I, 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 when we talked about no, I'm saying uh, the 60s. I don't the, know if no, people realizing about abortion. When we talk about psychological. Oh, 100. What I'm saying is, so it's here, a very point, it, yeah. here he completely ignores that, and it says l'shem yofi. Like his right. entire context is l'shem yofi. Right. So let me. The way I understand it, it's a very, it's a good. It's point. a very narrow yes. opinion. 100. percent Very narrow. It's a very narrow. Let me just address his, his question. So I I understand, and again, this is just uh, speculation, but. When cosmetic surgery began, and not, not 
rhinoplasties, you told me in the 30s in Germany, mm. the Jews. Um, but uh, when it became popularized, which I believe is early 60s, late 60s, and this was written, I'm not sure people w realized the psychological impact at that time. It, maybe I'm wrong. may not have. Yeah, and I don't think in general. The, no, all, most of the articles that are written by psychology are much more recent in the last, you know, I would say 20 years or that we're realizing there's a problem where every girl in Bel Air High School is having a boob job. That's a That's sexist right. statement, yeah. Uh, well, I'm saying, but I fact. So, so I'm saying that, so that's where the psychology came in at a later point, even in the medical community from what I've seen. All the articles I've seen are most much more recent. Well, um, no, you know, we so I don't know if they understood the impact, but you're right. We're going to see where Moshe Feinstein does discuss. They were doing so clearly, he, he understood. Do I'm not saying they weren't doing it. No, even when we were first married, people, the doctors, were cons knew about the psychological problems with abortion. Both. No, no, I'm not talking about abortion. I'm talking about cosmetic surgery. Well, but they're saying one has nothing to do with the other. But there, people. Of course, there was psychological problems. I'm not saying there wasn't. I'm saying is as far they, as studies being no, done, they, why? What is the purpose and goal of cosmetic surgery? Okay. By the time I was an adult, he, yes. It's not a totally off the wall. We just read about Joseph and his brothers. Yeah. And Joseph explained all the terrors he had in his life, you know, being thrown in the pit, being <laughs> sold uh, to the Egyptians, and uh, winding up in jail for several years. He said it was all part of God's plan, as if his suffering was intended by God. And only later in life did Joseph realize that what was intended, you could apply the same rationality, which Tzitzel seems to be doing, which is whatever it is you were dealt that you got to deal with it. You can't go fixing it. Right. That's yeah, sort of what he's implying. No, but I'm saying he, he runs, well, there's two points that the, the response here makes. One is um, that it's not really healing. Toward, right? So th and then the second part is that uh, there's a theological problem that you're, you're saying God's not a good artist. You don't like God's work, okay? Right. Ron is addressing the first part, which is, why is it not healing? We know from other sources, and others, if I, correct me if I'm wrong, Ron, the way Ron is, what's bothering Ron is, we know from other sources in Halacha that psychological illness is also considered healing. Mm -hmm. So if that's true, so that, why is, why is he saying it's not healing? Yeah, I'm addressing the other part. Right. So the other part is, is uh, that's what I'm saying, no one seems to pay any attention to. Psychological part people will address, which one is correct, So as we're going to see. So, 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 yes, sorry. So, so the question I have, <coughs> we, we, we're focused here on the individual saying, I'm not satisfied with this particular body image, I want to change it, because I don't think God did such a great and perfect job designing me. But... We haven't ever talked about, the, is it God who creates the norm for beauty? So we have this idea today that thin, lanky, skinny girls in, in short dresses, i.e. models, is the ideal of beauty. And we have the Miss America, which has an ideal of beauty. Uh, Does not God create that ideal in our, in our head? So the, then we want to do plastic surgery to come closer to that ideal that God created in us. That's a very good point. What beauty is subjective, you're saying. Listen, all body image, I, I guess, is somewhat subjective in the sense of how people view yeah, themselves. Some it's guys like in relative. So no, no, I'm so talking much, about even self-image is subjective to what and that, un that undermines the uh. psychological argument, that the psychological argument may be just transient. In other words, society's mores change, they come and go, mm -hmm. and because you're distressed, you don't look like Twiggy, get over it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, it kind of undermines the psychological argument. The, the original impetus for no, but that could be an illness in itself, that I need to look like the person next exactly. to me. I need to keep up with the Joneses. That itself is, a, is it might be a psychological exactly. illness. Exactly. Yeah. And as a treatment, making you look like the Joneses. Right, so meaning, so I think you're right. Beauty is probably subjective to society, but the self-image issue that seems like our society has en masse, um, you know, is, is a psychological issue. 
In words, the, the line is depends on if you on lived society. In Europe, if you lived in death, or if you lived somewhere else, because these images are not all the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's in America, women shave their legs. Europe, they don't shave their legs, and so. A because it's a woman would think they were men shave their legs in Europe. They wax in Europe. They don't shave. Well, they don't. Basically, they. Okay, we're getting off the end. Well, they did in the sixties. In the sixties. Oh, they wax. So now. I'm just saying. Okay. Moving along. Yes. Um, okay, so we're going to now move on to uh, so. So, um, so the, there's there's a three other major responses. We're not going to have time to to probably anyone, but uh, a few of them. The Moshe Feinstein has a response. And it's very important. I only have copies of the first page for some reason. I'll give it out anyway. The Moshe Feinstein again. This was written in 1964. This response. Um, he has two fascinating responses. One back to back. One is about um, dieting. Is it permitted to diet? Mm-hmm. Again, this is diet just for beauty purposes. I think point out. Oh, all right. Everybody has. Um, and then he has another sponsor about cosmetic surgery. And in the same, they're both in the same vein in the sense of what uh, um, is it permitted, so to speak, to harm yourself or cause yourself pain. For the sake of beauty, that's really his question that he's addressing in both issues. Again, he's not referring to health time. No he pain, no gain. Explicitly, he's they're not. Only, they're only using the argument of beauty as a superficial type of concept. They're not potentially considering any deeper concerns. No, well, that's going to be the answer. The question is—that's the question. I just mentioned the question. In the, in the answer, he's going to talk about mm-hmm. the psychological issue. Diet for health is okay for sure. There's no question about that, is there? That's exactly what we're getting to. Exactly. I mean, just to point just out that the because is Ed doing it Ron and point, this is highly subjective. Yeah, very, very That's why you have a need for response because yeah. you have to approach it on a case by case basis as to when is the psychological damage so severe, when is the beauty so impaired. And that's the purpose of response to deal on a case by case basis. Yes. So, so anyway, the. The bottom line, you ready? So, the, so we're going to address all these issues. Everything's going to be addressed, maybe, hopefully. Um, Can I just ask a question? A silly question that I've, I've heard many times. The word responsa. Okay, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, responding to somebody's questioning or something. Yes. Well, it's a standard form of Jewish halachic. The way they answered, they would answer questions. Is they would, you would ask the question, and then... Uh, the rabbi would write you uh, the answer. So it's got to be individual, you said. Yeah, it's a casuistic approach to the problems. You use the you word response. You take it case by case. You would ascertain yes. the facts of the case, uh-huh. and then you apply principles to it, the ones that are applicable, as opposed to what we currently do in, say, in medical ethics, where you start with the four principles, and the case has got to fit into those four principles. You make that a response. Okay. It just means a response. Nice, fancy way of saying response. Sure. Adding a Latin, you know, and... Okay. So, so the so this is from his book Igus Moshe. Again, there's two true, uh, two responses. The first one was written in 1970, which is about dieting. We're going to skip that one because it doesn't get to the meat of it. Um, and then the second one um, was written in 1964. So the first one, I'll just read you the titles. We're on this page here, the one that looks two columns, a lot of funny Hebrew writing. It says are you allowed to go on a diet where you're going to have pain from it? You're not. You're missing your ice cream and your milkshake, no. whatever it is, even though it's going to pain you immensely for the purpose of beauty. Again, for he starts off, of course, for health purposes. Your doctor says you have to do. There's no question you have to do it. But the question is, if you're only doing it purely for cosmetic purposes, which today I'm not sure is relevant. I mean, it depends, I guess. If you weigh 100 pounds and you're dieting, but um, but most cases today, I think, and I'm not sure again in 1970, they had the mindset rightfully, wrongfully so, of that dieting is a, is a healthy thing. The concept of diets just for health purposes, they had it for some but not that it is today, where every diet is really supposedly for health purposes. So I don't know. But uh, he addresses that and then in the second response on the left column he says 
Simon Samachov, Imnara Muteret Liakot Atzma, Ayidei's, it's very sexist, he's only going on female here, 1964. Um, can she um, beautify herself through surgery, Shu Chavala Bigufa, which is harming her body, mutilating her body, so to speak. So, so again, he's not even addressing, he doesn't even get, he doesn't deal with the uh, issue of the theology, the philosophy you're improving. He doesn't even mention that, he doesn't mention anything about the other three questions. He's only addressing one specific issue, which is, the pr- there seems to be prohibition of mutilation. Wounding. Wounding um, which is not for medical purposes. That's the only thing he's addressed. Okay, that was the question, and we'll just read you the question. Chaf Adar, Tavshim Chaf Dalet, Chaf Adar, 20th of Adar, 1964. It was asked to me, She wants to beautify herself. Why else does a woman want to beautify herself? In order that she should have uh, potential suitors, uh, more potential suitors. Um, why, why else would she want to? Ah, exactly. Of course. Um, Sorry. Now, with these doctors are coming up with these newfound things. Through a surgery which is uh, mutilating her body. Is it permitted um, um, as far as the violation of uh, self wounding or mutilating <coughs> yourself? Okay, so he starts off. So the first thing he brings, and we have a copy here on the second page, is a Gemara in Baba Kama, which we've seen before. It looks like this. Do you have a copy? No? The long one. Um, how does your start with? Okay. You got one? Good. Okay, so it says like this. So, um, on the left column. Um, so let me see where it is. Sorry. No. Um, it's on the right column. Right column, almost towards the end, the last, second to the last paragraph. So it says the Gemara Actually, the, the third to last paragraph. The Gemara concedes the point and offers a different answer. So whatever the context is here, it says, El Tanai, it's rather a dispute of Tanaim. This is in tractate Baba Kama and Talmud. It says, A person is not permitted to wound himself. Seems to be there's another opinion who says that it is permitted to wound oneself. Now, the Gemara says, What's the source for this prohibition? Mantana, the Gemara inquires, Mantana de Shamat Lei, the Amar, in Adam Mishay Lachbo Batsmo. Who is the Tana that, you, that says, who's of the opinion, that its person is not permitted to wound himself? Okay? Um, so it says like, so again, this is not for uh, a treatment. We're not talking about someone who's ill and they're treating with saying, We're saying other types of wounding, which is not for the purpose of, of uh, healing. Okay? So the Gemara says, um, one possibility, maybe you say it's this opinion. The Tani we learned in a brighter. Brings the verse in Parsha Noach, when right immediately after Noach leaves the ark. So as we discussed a few weeks ago, um, God prohibits him from murder, suicide, which is self-afflicted uh, wounding. Right, uh, that this prohibition based on this verse, which says, um, "Your blood of your souls I will demand." Okay, Rebeliazi Omer, Miyad Nafshosechem Edroshitinchem. From the hand of your souls, I will demand your blood. Right, what does that mean? That someone who takes their own blood, besides the prohibition of murder, there's a prohibition of suicide, is what God tells Noach. It's one of the seven Noah laws. Um, but the Gemara says that's not a valid proof. That's killing yourself. You have no proof. If I mutilate myself in a way that that's not fatal, you have no proof from that verse. So that's not a good source to tell me that self-mutilation is prohibited where it's not, where it's a non-fatal um, mutilation, so okay, to speak. Aren't you not allowed to get two meets vote from one pasuk anyway? This is, right. this is not, um, it's, it's, you can't make two drushes from one pasuk. Wouldn't this be making two drushes from one pasuk? Good point. Uh, good question. I'm not sure um, how that works here. This is the Shevim, it's really enough. Could be, uh, could Seems be a curve. Like can't. A good Here. Internally, there's a logical problem. Yes, could be. Good question. I, I don't know the answer of it. Mm-hmm. So the Gemara continues. Um, um, another possibility. Hi, Tanu. 
So who's the opinion? Because that, that is not a valid source. So the Talmud continues, the Tanya, we learned in the Brayta, we carry in Alamets, we rend garments for the dead, below Midarki Amari, as we know, when someone is sitting Shiva, they're supposed to tear their garment, rend their garment, as a sign of mourning. Today, some people use a black ribbon, I'm not sure why, they're too cheap, they don't want to ruin their Armani garment. Um, so it says, we rend garments for the dead, below Midarki Amari. This does not entail a violation of prohibition of ways of Amorites, which the Torah prohibits doing things as the that have no rhyme or reason from other cultures. Some of Elazar, Shamati Shamikareya Alamet Yosimidai Loka Mishum Bal Tashkit. So he said there's another prohibition, as we discussed in the past, there's, some, there's a prohibition in the Torah called Bal Tashkit, which means we don't destroy things, we don't destroy the environment for no purpose, we don't destroy waste food, any type of waste or wanton destruction <coughs> is is prohibited according to most of the biblical prohibition. So so, so the issue is when you're rending your clothing, is that considered you're, you're so to speak destroying a garment for no reason. Um, so it says you don't do it more meaning you do it in a way where it can be sewn back up, so to speak, on that place where you rent it. <coughs> but you don't do more than necessary and if he does, he's in violation of this ba- this prohibition of Baal Tashkit, do not destroy. Um, so he says, Rabbi Lazar maintains, Kalshkei Megufo, so if the Torah even prohibits ruining wanton destruction of food or clothing, surely wanton destruction of your body for no reason, is also going to be prohibited. That's his source. That's he brings out his source. Um, so that's source number one. Kalshkei Megufo, surely your body is no less important than the environment. And destroying the environment. But, Just trying to rub it people, in. Well, two things. One, one is it would seem like a, a symbolic renting of a ribbon would allow you to not violate this other. Yes, I'm not going to go there. But, I don't want to. There is. So aside, fr- aside from that. I don't think uh, that really shows any mourning. I mean, yeah. 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 yeah it uh, aside yeah. from that. The, 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 notion, total reference. the notion of plastic <laughs> surgery is, is that you're not destroying anything in the oh. body. You're maybe Very modifying it, maybe making it more beautiful. 100%. But, but there there's, should be no destruction. Yes. So you're you're answering the bit. question. You're saying if you apply this to, to cosmetic surgery, it's not wanton destruction. It's to beautify. It's, it's for a purpose. There's a purpose involved. So we're going to address that. That's a very good point. Um, meaning it's not just destroying something, it's destroying something to build, so to speak, to beautify the person. So that's a very valid point. I think Rabbi Feinstein will say something like or that. Or make the person be able to function better. Yes, yes, psychologically. Not be, quote, yes. to beautify. Well, underlying even wanton destruction is a psychological need, so you're making a distinction between good and bad psychological needs. Well, that's another, that's, that could be part of the question. Is this psychological need, as Ron pointed out before, enough of a reason that it's that we allow you to do it? That's exactly the question. Just like we allow you here to rend your garment, technically you could say it's a psychological need. You, you know, so oh, you I got it. I'm saying right. But so it's a good point. Yeah. So, so I don't see the biblical prob- prohibition. Sorry, you said biblical. He de- well, it's he doesn't Gamora. bring. Th- no, no, I'm saying they don't bring the, the verse for Baal Tashkit. They're mentioning this don't. concept of Baal Tashkit, which is wanton destruction. There is a prohibition in the Torah. The Torah is specifically addressing trees. It says during wartime, the Torah says you're not allowed to destroy the trees of the enemy for okay, no purpose. Trees, okay. If, obviously, it's in Gaza and they're, you know, they're doing terrorist attacks so. from behind the, the olive trees, you can destroy them. But just to go into a city and destroy the, the fields of the enemy and the trees for no reason, the Torah prohibits. From there, the but question the is... But people you could kill. Yes, okay. that's called war. We're not peasants. Yeah, yeah, Jews yeah, aren't peasants. Okay. Yes, one is not <laughs> the other. The point is wanton destruction, which means, again, for no purpose. You destroy the trees just because you don't like these people. That's prohibited. The Torah prohibits. Um, killing people for the purpose of war, that's permitted. Yes, we're not peasants. Got you. Uh, South Africa. <laughs> that's a very South African thing. We try not to kill people, but they're breaking that left, right, and center. <laughs> Okay, so so um, so you're right. So it doesn't say it doesn't bring the verse here, and it's questionable if that prohibition, the Torah, lim- which the Torah only uh, ascribes to trees, is is uh, that's a biblical prohibition is now broadened to all wanton destruction, or is it limited to trees? That's um, so that's the question. But everyone rabbinically, for sure, there's a prohibition. 
I grew up, my father was a Holocaust survivor. If you left one piece of food on your plate, that was the worst possible sin. Um, you know, this, you wasted. This is the yeah. same argument they used for Baratashri to, um, to cut the Achilles tendon of the king's horses yes. to make them prance more impressively in public. Or to run faster. Or to run faster, yeah, to, to basically celebrate the king. Yeah. And so that was argued that that might have been perceived as Baratashrit because why are you cutting the Achilles tendon of these poor horses? They didn't ask for anything except to be the king's horses. Right. But it was deemed that because of the position of the king that right. it was warranted because we need to elevate that position. Yes. So it's interesting how Baratashrit <coughs> in that sense could be seen as very cosmetic. Very yeah, listen, celebrating. Any, at the end of the day, we're going to talk about but the, the prohibition of Baltashrit, let's say, is relevant to the environment without getting into that whole issue. Is any time there's a purpose, it's not. Baltashrit means want and destruction for, for no purpose. I understand. Once there's a purpose involved, so then it. I understand, not, but that purpose seems to be and quite very, yeah. superficial. And I don't know it seems that it's superficial, that case, but, but we do have a low threshold for that Baltashrit purpose. Baltashrit was overruled. Yes, and in another case, uh, even in, in as we're saying, yeah, let's say uh, you're testing. Oh, that's terrible. I'm mixing up. Okay, that's good point. Why, yes, so very low why, threshold. Yes, that's Agreed. why you take approach these things case by case. Absolutely, you're, you're trying to balance principles in a specific case. Which principle is dominant? That's what this is all about. Like, where did they cut the? Where's? We got to finish today. Okay. I'll tell you after. <laughs> we're coming to that. So. Mm, okay, no, no, no. okay we're leaving it from. But it's a very good point Ron's making, Ron's making, which is that the threshold for wanton destruction is a low threshold. Um, once there's any purpose whatsoever, we're gonna, we're no longer gonna call that call that wanton destruction. Yes. So, um, mm. Kiha, one second. So now it continues. Purpose. Where am I? Yes. Whoever decides what we're doing. <laughs> exactly. yes. That's the, so that's the question. Is getting a new nose. That's why you have to know which rabbi you're asking. The exactly. Is getting larger organs a legitimate purpose? That's the point. That's going to be the question. Um, with Dilma, so the Gemara says that he doesn't like, rejects that reason as well as for the source of mutilation, self mutilation. With Dilma, Bigadim Shani, maybe clothes are different. Tipsita de la Adela, because once you destroy a garment, you can't fix it anymore. No, once you, your rip is too big, you can't sew it back together. So, as opposed to a person's skin, heals. So, I'm, if I self-mutilate myself, not in, again, not in a, in a mortal way, it's going to heal. If I scratch myself, people, you know, will cut myself, it ends up healing. So, again, you can't bring a proof from one to the other. One fixes itself and one doesn't. Garments don't get fixed or the environment is questionable if it gets fixed. If, if you destroy it, but so that so that's a tattoo doesn't ever heal and go away. Yeah, yeah but tattoo yeah. is a separate prohibition. It, it, it's a separate verse in the Torah, right? Painful. And you could yeah. fix it. You, you end up with a big scar. You speaking from experience, Eddie? <laughs> I, I, I've treated them, yes. Uh, okay, so and now the girl wants to share. She she had surgery to remove her tattoos. Is that? What? No, I've oh, never okay. done no. it. <laughs> 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 I never <Okay>. tattooed. <laughs> you said it with conviction. Okay. I thought you. Uh, no, but I, I, I listened Natalie, to enough Natalie. Got people it. from one source or another and say it is extremely time-consuming mm -hmm. and painful to do that. So you better think twice because it's quick to put it on, but very, very unquick I agree. to take it off. So we actually read this Gemara in the past, which is an important Gemara relevant to this, to cosmetic surgery. Listen, listen, listen. So it says like this. It says like the practice of Yochanan used to refer to his clothes as those things that honor me. Rev Chista, Kol Havi Misagi Beni Hizmi, every time we mentioned this a few months ago, anytime he walked between thorns and thistles, Mati Lulamani would lift up his, the hem of his clothing um, because he didn't want his clothing to get ripped, even though um, his, his, the assumption is his skin got scratched by the thorns. He'd rather scratch his skins. Amr Zemala Ruka, my leg heals, Malaruka, but my jeans are not going to be fixed if they get torn. So therefore, he, you see, he say, we're just bringing out this point. But this alone, by the way, um, as we're going to see in some of the responses, I mentioned this as a source also, that the fact 
that he allowed his mutilation for the sense of saving money, so to speak. You see, again, because that's going to be part of Ramosha's question is, can I mutilate myself to make money? Um, and I always give this example. My mother worked for the federal government, and they would, uh, if you donate to the blood drive, once a month you're able to do it, you get the rest of the day off. Right? So it's, uh, she would, you know, it's the federal government, you, if so you no give brainer. blood... <laughs> so, but so Moshe has a chill about that. Moshe finds has a different response, and he says, "Of course, that's permitted, because again, even though you're ta- well, without getting into the idea of donating blood is a good thing, but you're mutilating yourself to make money. We find that also. Um, we discussed it in the context of having a job that's risky. You're allowed to take more risks for the sake of money, right? There are careers that are dangerous, more dangerous than others. So the the Talmud addresses that and says, even though normally you can't put your life at risk." But for the sake of, of, a jo- of a career, of course you can, and it brings a source from the Torah. <coughs> for that, what the Torah says, uh, you know, someone who climbs a tree is, puts his life in danger, cuts down the trees, whatever it is, there are many careers that are dangerous. We allow that, meaning money is considered enough of a cause that we allow you to endanger your life. Here, Rav Chista, one second, Rav Chista seems to be saying that s- mutilating yourself for the sake of saving your garment would be permitted. That's a very important source. Again, you see a low threshold where we allow you to mutilate yourself um, for the sake, for some cause. In this case, m- my money. Sustenance. Yeah, and then on this oh, case, requirement. Yes. Two, thing, two things. One, the original impetus for plastic surgery was nose jobs for Jewish men so they could get employed. Secondly, regarding this this particular that story. Was in Germany. In, in, huh? in Germany, you say? No, not, not necessarily in Germany. In the late 1800s, actually. But in this so case, in case, in this case, there is a problem here. The guy says he walks among thistles and thorns. Now, if he's doing this voluntarily, as opposed he has to do it, I have to get from here to there, and I can only walk through it, then you're weighing the choice kind between risk versus benefit. Risk benefit. But if he doesn't have to walk in the thorns to begin with, then yeah, it's I don't optional. think he was teaching, taking a leisurely stroll. He was going somewhere. Okay. Maybe he could have walked an extra hour around. That's a good point. I mean, yeah, because then if you're forced, point, yeah. in other words, I can't get a job. And the reason I can't get a job is they look at my nose, they assume I'm Jewish, and they won't hire me. So I'm forced to do this because I need to get a way of supporting myself and my family, as opposed to, well, I just don't like my nose. Right. Yes, that's a valid point, yes. But you, again, you see, so exactly. So you see, but what I just want to bring out for you is that you, we allow, he, allowed, at least this opinion, allowed himself to be mutilated or self-mutilated, whatever you want to call it, in order to save his, his jacket. But this okay. is seen as, I guess, a positive example of what you should do. I, I, would, I would offer the opposite opinion that when you go on nature hikes, and you want to avoid poison ivy and mm. thorns and everything, you purposely wear long pants and often long shirts to oh. avoid injury. And here he's in fact suggesting the opposite. Yes. He's no, well, I don't think this is a nature hike. Yeah, that's the whole point. Is this guy forced to do this or is right, he so voluntary? It's a valid point. It's a very good point. Why was he going on his walk? It doesn't say it. That's a sort of but even if you know you're walking among thorns and thistles, <laughs> why wouldn't you in fact protect your body? Mm. It seems like he's... he was a poor guy and he couldn't afford a new shirt in Amazon. Uh, or if things are unexpected on maybe. the road. He had to get somewhere. Who knows? They don't explain yeah, no, why he's doing yeah, it. Maybe he was going on a job interview. He needed the shirt Why is he walking among thistles in the first place? Is that the only way oh, to get yeah, in those days, that's, uh, you know, I think this I is think so abnormal. I think it's not a good example. And no, well, anyway, the, the example we're trying to bring is one thing here, is, is to show that clothing heals, uh, doesn't heal, and your body heals. That's the, the only reason understand. we're bringing it in. But the priorities, I think, are upside You're walking down. Uh, with, uh, with um, poison avenue, it's not going to do anything to your clothing. Yeah. There's a difference between wearing an Armani and <laughs> wearing... Uh, <laughs> well, would it be fair to say, As far as running your clothes, if you are poor and you only own one dress, if you were to render, right, that's what I was saying. So. You will then be dressed naked, yes. <laughs> and so that they probably started hundred oh, percent thing, the, the the black things, just so that. The poor. Oh, uh, that was a recent thing in America. Because you cannot. That black ribbon. The black ribbon was a very uh, the last twenty years. But at some point, well, it's been forty years. 
More than only certain movements, yeah. meaning yeah. I don't think I have to do it. That, address, uh, that addresses yeah. the point it's, of it's the dismissal argument, which is okay. under Maybe certain circumstances, you can uh, use the money argument. Okay, yeah, let's, uh, we need to finish. We have 15 minutes. I need to finish there know, because I'm not coming back. Not, yes, they're very important. 100%. Not I agree. Everybody, most people that are extremely poor, and there are a lot of yes. Jews that are extremely poor, uh, yes, they in don't that have... I agree. In that case, you should rip the ribbon, not your clothing. But most Jews, I think, that are ripping the ribbon today couldn't afford another, can't afford another clothing. So, so luckily, whenever you go into Jerusalem and you would rent your clothing the first time you went back to Jerusalem, you would acknowledge that the same shirt was used time and time again. So the question is, it seems like even back then, you probably had a morning shirt that you would just rip Could and be. then yeah. you stitch sure. it up and then you rip it again. Actually, just so uh, there was yeah. a, mm. someone just sent me this. Because people didn't have that many Am I right? Am I remembering that correctly? No, I think About today, I, listen, I rip a shirt when I go to the country. No, no, but is it the same shirt? No. I thought you when you studied mm -hmm. there, I thought there was an no, issue of if you, It's only if you don't go in 30, every right. 30 days, right. But there were, there were guys who didn't have a shirt and they would uh, they would pass around the shirt oh, okay, because okay. yeshiva guys so are cheap. So Economics. Yeah. Yes, it's not clearly, so clean. The, yes. It's not so right, clean. exactly. The point is, oh, I, uh, so she's arguing on your thing. point. Oh, I'm saying you're saying, she like, what's the thing? Why is he picking up his clothing? I'm saying so that you're saying it's a bad example. I'm saying is it's not. It is a bad example, I agree. No, you're saying, she's arguing with you. She's saying, People can't afford clothes. This guy only had one. I'm pants. saying that people so never could afford clothes, so they shared the same rented shirt, literally they just pa cut shirt. They passed it from one neighbor to another. Yeah, it was they, the morning shirt. Um, they actually I just saw an advertisement I got, which is they make now a T-shirt picture of the kotel that and it's perforated <laughs> in the place. You wear it on top like, of your shirt. Kind of like the, the old oh, tearaway God. jerseys in football. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> a perforated <laughs> shirt. Can you stitch it back and then do it I again? Like tearaway jersey <laughs> for the <Yeah>. hotel. <laughs> Can't find a picture. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. Let's see right here. I've never heard of. So, I've never been in one thing. I've heard so many. Okay. Concepts I've never heard okay, we gotta we gotta go move on. But you could look for it next time you go to Israel. Can I, I tell you? Me. I may not, just because it's bizarre. <laughs> it's bizarre. Okay. Unlike so many other rules in Judaism. <laughs> You're <Okay. so> obvious. <laughs> You're warm to it in time. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. This one's particular. I'll send you the link. Okay. So so we we, we I need to finish because it's late, and then um, we're gonna have to do another class if we don't finish. <laughs> So, um, it's just like the days of our lives. <laughs> okay, so so I want to, um, so we're not going to have time to do the Gemara and Moshe, but bottom line is, okay, so let, let me just, I'm going to go through this uh, response and quickly to give him what Rabbi Feinstein's answers are on the topic. Okay, so he says like this, he, he, again, the question was, this girl, so he discusses, the first thing is, he brings a tosfus here, which you don't have on your page. One of the commentaries on the side discuss what happens if there's a need for the for the rendering. Does that uh, tosfus seems to say that there's not that's not a sufficient? Let me just remember the case here. Um, question is: Is does it need alone some type of need? He's not talking about a medical need, a psychological need. Any type of need is that a reason to allow? Mutilation. So he seems to say he tells us here prohibits even if there's a need involved, and he says, he, you know, even though tosis is a small need, maybe you could say this is a bigger need. Need alone, just because someone um, feels like they need this, that is not, that's not a reason to allow self mutilation. He wants to say in the beginning his proof he brings is by the way, which is relevant to this question is the, the Gemara discusses uh, Nazir. That even that he has to bring a sin offering. That means a Nazarite who prohibited himself from drinking wine um, brings a sin offering. Question is, yeah. what's the sin offering? Talmud says it's because of the pain he caused himself from abstaining from alcohol. He 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 had he gets pleasure from drinking wine, and just by the fact that he abstains, that he caused himself pain, that in itself is prohibited. Causing yourself pain um, is prohibited. Um, but he goes on to say. So he brings like this. So, so his, his main source to permit has been surgery at the end, which he will permit. It. One main source is Maimonides. Maimonides brings this 
Gemara codifies it, and he says like this, and I'll read you the Maimonides. He says, in, this is in chapter 8 of the laws of damages, um, damages and injuries. So he says, Asur l'adam l'achbol bein batzmo bein mechavero. A person is prohibited to mutilate himself, to injure himself or his friend. And not, um, not only um, injuring in the sense of a, like, you know, drawing blood. Anyone who hits a fellow Jew, um, whether he's a minor or an adult, a man or woman, um, and we'll talk about that in a belligerent way, he violates a negative commandment. And he brings a verse, it's talking about when they, in the, when the courts flogged uh, someone, they gave them up to 39 floggings if they violated a negative commandment. Um, it was assessed by a doctor how much the person could handle. The maximum was 39. Some people only got one. The, so the, pro, the Torah says, Lo Yosef la koto. That means if the, what's the guy called who's giving the punishment? Uh, the, the punishment. No, that's a word for it. Bailiff? Bailiff? bailiff. Court bailiff. So who's giving the punishment, um, if he hits him one extra time, more than the doctor allowed, he violates the Torah law. Because the Torah says, Lo yosif koto. Do not hit him more than necessary. Okay, so if he gives him one extra flogging, even if he counts wrong, he violates a, neg- a Torah commandment. So the Maimonides is using that as a source, and the Talmud brings it, to say it's not only applied in that case. You see, hitting a fellow Jew, even if it's not going to cause any real damage, is prohibited. Um, if there's, uh, if the Torah doesn't mandate, okay. So based on that, he says hitting of someone else is um, is in a biblical prohibition. So he says, mm-hmm. If the Torah commands you, this is extrapolated. Um, if the Torah commands you not to even hit a sinner, I know you like that word. Um, even someone who sinned, who the Torah tells you to flog him, and th- if you hit him one extra time, you violate biblical commandment. Hitting a righteous person, innocent person, for no reason is surely a biblical prohibition. Um, so now the, the key words here, and it's repeated again, that Moshe dwells in this Maimonides, as he says specifically, um, the language of Maimonides is to hit someone he says in a shameful and a belligerent manner. So says Moshe, this prohibition of mutilation is only if it's done in a belligerent manner. That's what you see from Emmanuel, is what he's codifying this law. So anytime you, you're hitting with an intended purpose, it's no longer belligerent manner, so that's not prohibited. Okay, that's, that's, that's what he extrapolates. If you miscount, that's not a belligerent, then you just screwed up. You know? Oh, I, I said miscount. Okay. But, but, uh, that's, that's a shogging, you're right. Uh, that's an unintentional hitting. But right. meaning, uh, he's saying in, in general, but when he's codifying the law, Emmanuel throws this in, and I don't know where he gets it from, but he throws in this language of hitting someone in a belligerent manner. I'm not sure that's the exact translation, but Nitzayon, you know. Nitzayon. Okay, he also says Der Bizayon, it's in a shameful way, meaning, so the idea is, if you're not doing it, let's say, applying that to cosmetic surgery, and Feinstein says that's not Der Nitzayon. <coughs> so the whole root of the prohibition is not applicable um, in this case. That's one thing he wants to say. Um, do other rabbis take him to task for that, Maimonides for that? Um, no, I, I, I've never seen, I mean, they permit it for other reasons, but they don't argue, and I never saw anyone argue on this particular point. Is it within Aleph or Ayin? Just Yud So, he goes on to say, so that's number one. Can you Google Translate calls it Zion. No. Let's say on him. Look at the how he's spelling here. Um, let's say on. Yeah, that's how he spells it. Yeah. Um, okay. So he you says um, that's one thing he goes on to say. Not the first. Here. He then also discusses. Okay. So therefore, he says, he, and he brings other proofs. By the way, so this is a, some other some of the other proofs is the fact um, that also he deals with. It, um, he brings various pieces of Talmud where anytime you're again harming yourself with is a ulterior motive in harming, meaning there's another purpose, an important purpose, and again that could be subjective. He seems to say from different stories that that would be allowed. But his main source is this source um, that it's not uh, 
was belligerent. And since here the purpose is, like for example, he talks about lahak uh, dam from bloodletting, which is questionable if it's if it's uh, if it's wounding um, or therapeutic. Yeah, I'm saying is it therapeutic? What exactly is it? So he discusses that. Do you see <coughs> that um, the, where the the, t- the, g- the Talmud talks about a, a son treating their parents, which we'll maybe discuss in a different session at one point. Can a, a physician's son treat his father? Because there's a concern. Um, it's, a, it's a capital crime to draw to hit your father, so to speak. Um, for someone to hit their father, it's a capital crime in, in the Torah. So the question becomes, if a physician is doing surgery on their father and they cut, so the surgery itself, of course, is permitted. Saving his life or whatever it is, it's not, it's not wounding because that that is a therapy, but if you cut, you know, an extra millimeter Wait. in surgery, so then that might capital be, crime. So that could be a capital crime. So therefore, we don't allow a son to treat their father. Besides the ethical reasons involved, um, do you allow a daughter? No, either. I mean, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so the wound your mother. The, the point being is that's only surgical treatment. Well, any treatment, any medical treatment which will draw blood, because the wounding is defined as, okay. as drawing blood so or black and blue marks. So it talks about uh, bloodletting, kind of sun. So it says, but it says there, very interestingly, if there's no one else around. Right, if it's an emergency. There's no other doctors, or your son is the best doctor, which your son is always the best doctor, or a daughter is always the best physician. So therefore, you're, then it's allowed. Mm-hmm. Okay? So. Um, so he says, what we see is <laughs> even the context, one of the examples of the Gemara is bloodletting. Bloodletting was, he says, is only because it's, it's to alleviate pain. So his point is, and this is many other respondents have discussed, is that it, we see many times, and we discussed in the past, a very important Sorry. topic in halacha, which is alleviating pain is considered also an illness. That means for the sake of alleviating pain, that is considered right. treating an illness. Right. Okay? So, so he says, therefore, when someone feels the need, they, they don't like their nose, or they're not getting enough dates, not getting enough suitors chasing them, whatever the case is, that is a pain. So he says, you see f- that that is considered treatment. Alleviating pain alone, psychological, many times, psychological pain is sufficient um, to be considered that you're, you're treating, we allow you, for example, we allow the son to, to do it to the father if there's no one else. It's not pikoch uh, nefesh. It's not talking about that he needs a medical treatment just to alleviate pain. So again, this kind of is a very basic concept of Jewish medical ethics, which alleviating psych- psychological pain is considered a medical treatment. And one last interesting. Uh, so I can't even give you a shot or so because it can draw a bit of blood. Emergency blood if so you do it so too much. Yes. No, a shot. I'm just finishing because uh, oh, people are going to have to go to work. Um, uh, yeah, that's the right time. I mean, make sure that my clock is not working. Not twenty nine. We only have one minute, and then I'll finish. So, so the one last thing. It's interesting. At the end, after this whole empty response, he throws in another Gemara, which I think is a perfect. He, he just says, "There's another eye." He just throws it in, and there's another proof, which I think is a excellent example to cosmetic surgery. He brings a Mishnah um, in in uh, tractate Bechorot. Bechorot is it was uh, discussing the defects of a coin. Who's a uh, scar? The defects of a bechor kohen. I don't remember exact context, but the Gemara says, let's say uh, this uh, this kohen was born with six digits, six fingers, instead of five. Um, is that a defect? Is not in that context. The Mishnah says um, that uh, let's say he, let's say it is a defect for a kohen, but if he cuts it off, I'm so not saying he's not condoning. I'm not saying he should, but he's saying let's say he cut off. Now is that still considered a defect? So the Gemara, the Mishnah there says a fascinating thing. It says if there was bone in that digit, then it's still considered a defect. If it was just an appendage of flesh, then it's then it's not doesn't pass him. It doesn't invalidate him as a coin. So says Rambam Feinstein. So says um and you see from there, the Gemara doesn't answer, say something like, it's prohibited to mutilate yourself. How could you even bring such a case? The Talmud wouldn't bring such a case if that was a violation of the prohibition of mutilating oneself. So you're saying, this guy has a defect. He wants to make himself prettier, so to speak. Get rid of his extra appendage, which is really cosmetic surgery. That's really what it is. It's not... No way uh, healing. I wouldn't call that necessarily cosmetic surgery. Depends. I would call that plastic surgery. No, like I'm saying functional. 
Oh, you, I don't think you could. More functional with six fingers than that. Than five. No, it would not have Okay, whatever. What's yeah. that? This is my point. point. The point, the point is a coin making, not allowed to be a coin with yes. an extra digit? Yes. That's yes. Right. Yes. 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 Of course. Because it will distract it's people. It's a moon. People right. will look it's at what? it. Especially it's when they know. That's really what it is. he's left-handed, he's right. he can't be either. When they, when they do this, people will be distracted because he is looking at his six fingers. So That's a different question. Um, so, so the point being is, what I can So the bottom line is, says Ramosh, you see the Talmud doesn't say, what do you mean, how could he cut it? Why would the Talmud bring a case that's right. prohibited to remove it? Right. Clearly, the fact that the Talmud doesn't mention that it's prohibited and doesn't seem to have a problem with this person removing his extra digit, it seems to imply that since there's a tzorach there for him to do the service and he wants to, he wants to be able to do the avod in the, in the temple, so therefore he cut off his extra digit, it seems like it's not a problem. So, for, to me, this is a uh, exact case. You're saying that, but understand what you're saying. But I, I want to say this is the exact case for cosmetic surgery. He's basically he has an extra appendage. He wants to get rid of it. You're saying I'm saying just for cosmetic with reasons. With bone or without bone? And obviously, once he's taken it off, he can do it. Is it a possible? No, I'm saying the Talmud says he's only he's. If he it had bone, he's still an invalid Kohen, even if he removes. Is it possible? It only applies to Kohanim. Why? No, no, the point that Fancy is bringing this as a side point. He says, you see that uh, if there's a tzorech, it's not called mutilation. That's his point. And, and the tzorech is allowed to do, to do the, the service of the temple. So I'm saying this is right. a classic case of cosmetic surgery. Iran is saying is disagreeing. The I'm saying this is a classic case that you find in the Talmud. It's purely for cosmetic reasons, so and we're allowing yeah, him to do you're, it. But you're not differentiating if it has bone and no, that has to do finger, with that has to do with and he wants to do the effect of a cone that's a side point apparently but he still point. can't do the avodah yes. in the yes. Benamidash if he does have that sixth yes. finger which it contains it bone, bone if yes. it's removed yes so that's an interesting point and yet yes, if it's just it's a lovely. flesh a, a skin appendage and has it removed then he's able to function yes. as a cohen and it's not it's not so, it so you're differentiating two different plastic surgeries based on the presence of a bone in that no no appendage. no again no. that's a parenthetical point in hilchas kuna what's called a defect for cohen an extra appendage with bone is is a is a defect if it doesn't if it doesn't have bone then you could remove it it's just a Shalom.